This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 14, Episode 6, titled Glamas on Prime. My name's Joe Batance, and I am joined, as always, by one imperious co-host from the podcast pod, is my co-pilot. Please say... I think she would literally eat a human. To Taylor, the latte boy. Hello, Taylor. (coughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Hello, Lori. (laughs) <laughs> hey joe how are you good how are you doing well doing well we're taping this on a or taping this almost immediately after the show went off the air i know this is a very quick one look again i'm gonna actually use this as a selling point for going to patreon.com slash afterthought media what a night you could have been having tonight if you were because there was the very lively uh, live episode discussion where everybody kikis and hangs out and has a really good time that I'm not allowed to go there, right? It's very much the equivalent of like when you live with your parents and your friends come over and you tell them to go upstairs. That's uh-huh. what happens to me. Yeah, it's my Discord, but they're like, go away, Poppy. Chill. Uh-huh. They're like, Daddy, chill. Upstairs in your room <laughs> by yourself. And so I'm not what allowed. What the hell? Yeah, and they put a sign out there like, kids only, you know, but the K is backwards. I was going to say the S is backwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no no grown-ups allowed. No, no parents. P-A-R-U-N-T-S-A-L. And then they build blanket forts and fuck. But anyway. Wow, that took a quick turn. Have you ever fucked in a blanket fort? No, I can't say that I have. I don't know that I've even fucked under a blanket. It just tends to, you know, when you when you're, uh, you know, spherical like I am, it tends to just kind of roll off the back. You know what's funny is the last time uh, Aiden and I had sex, um, I actually put a blanket, but for a very strange reason. I'm not being funny here. It's gonna sound like I'm okay. making a joke. I didn't, my, you know, my grandparents died in 2020, and I just had this image of them looking down. On a twink fucking me, and I'm like, is this really what they had in mind when they died? <laughs> so okay, but then was was like the blanket completely over both of your heads? No, I just did, I just didn't need to see have them see and I go, and I wonder what would be most offensive to them. You know, Aiden's younger than I am, uh-huh. significantly, uh-huh. and uh, that like I was having sex with a much younger guy, or that he was white. I don't know. I, I guess we'll never know. I guess that that, that they, I they just a, they just I should have a séance and try and contact them. Well, I mean, if it was raining out while you were having sex with them, then then you know the answer because they were crying. Yes, yes. Well, I did smell uh, tortillas uh, baking, mm-hmm. so maybe she was you know haunting me by making tortillas and throwing. And then chancla hit me in the head, which is funny because no one was wearing <laughs> chanclas. So that's, it's, um, 
It was really weird. Anyway, uh, ta- oh, anyway, so uh, live episode discussion that I'm not allowed to go to. And then immediately after, we come here and we covered the show Friday night. You and I yeah. covering the show, doing this recap. For- now, by the way, this will not happen every week. This is a weird thing because Taylor was like, I have to go to Disney World. True. I don't think I said it quite so nasally, but I explained that I had family coming in. Robert Alou's nephew is here, and mm-hmm. we are going to Disney tomorrow. So hey, people don't know this. Your Robert's nephew's name is Lou. <laughs> so Lou Alou. So Lou Alou. <laughs> He he will appreciate that when I tell him that tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Lulu, Babalu, and Lulu yeah. are we will be getting up. And I offered, I said, if we could do a half an hour early, earlier, and you what said, an offer, Joe! Can you do it a half hour earlier? Can you wake up even earlier? Can you have the ro- the roosters? Be, you're waking up the roosters, please in the in the background. Yeah. So I said, I am know, Mexican. You, we have roosters and chickens everywhere. <laughs> do you really? No. <laughs> What a fucking racist. I swear to God. Okay, go ahead. So, and I said, you know, if we could do a half an hour earlier, then I can still tape Saturday morning because I didn't want you to have to wait because I know it's important. And he went, no. Yeah. No, that's not going to work. You'll do it Friday night. And I said, yes, Mr. Batanz. I'm sorry, no, Mr. Batanz. We're lucky in that uh, Zach, our usual producer, is at a Casey Musgraves concert. So I was able to write the script right away. But I, I, like I've told you before, I love that there's two producers working around the clock just to make sure that the show's ready for um, uh, Leona Helmsley in the morning on Saturday <laughs> before she goes and does her white glove test. Uh, once again, references that no one under 40 years old gets. Right, Leona Helmsley. That's so funny. Uh, I, I watch um, one of the Instagram pages. It's which you would, I think, you would appreciate it too. That I follow is one called Jeffrey Mixed, and he loves taping. He loves showing old like clips from like old TV movies of the week, and really just kind of campy stuff. And he recently showed a couple of clips from the Leona Helmsley movie that was mm-hmm. in like the late 80s that Suzanne Plachette starred as Leona oh, Helmsley. What a great casting by the way. Suzanne Plachette as Leona. Okay, let me let me teach the children. Leona okay. Helmsley actually what's so funny was I didn't get it at the time as a kid. And to uh-huh. me she just was an a mean old lady, but the gays loved her and they still do, I think the older gays. But she mm-hmm. was like a hotel heiress. So not even that heiress, she had married into it, right? She married. She married yeah. a guy who owned a bunch of hotels. He dies. And she starts running these hotels like a motherfucking monster. It's like literally <laughs> dynasty on steroids. Like then right. people are coming out like she's like hitting people and shit like that. Like <laughs> <laughs> And she's just awful human being. So they get her finally on like tax evasion, right? I was gonna say I think it was tax evasion. Yeah, because she said only the little people play taxes and then um and I don't know if she was broke after that. She just went. I don't know what happened to her after the scandals died down. Did she go okay, broke? But, uh, I I don't know. She's dead though, right? Yeah, she's she dead. Died? Oh my god, she okay. was dead in. She so, was almost a- dead in the eighties. Anybody who watched Pose, mm-hmm. the second season of Pose, the character that Patty Lupone plays that owns um owns the the building that the nail salon is in is loosely based on this on this character. But that's funny person. that you say that. I was saying, oh, Patty Lupone would pay, play her now. Yeah, so I didn't know she'd. Okay, so po- okay, that's a perfect casting too. Yeah, she played a she played a character similar to her. 
Oh my god, yeah, what a character Leona Helm played. Like, they should bring back that character. Like, like they should do a redo a movie of her. Oh my god, that would be. We got Faye Dunaway to play her. Um, that would be the casting. Yeah, that would be the casting right there. Um, except I don't know who's worse. <laughs> <laughs> Faye Dunaway. They can make a movie about Faye Dunaway making a movie about Leona Helmsley. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write a movie about a fake movie that never happened about Faye Dunaway playing Leona Helmsley. Because it's because they wanted it to happen so badly. Anyway, patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia is where the discussion happens. And you person joined today. Oh, by the way, I I should have told this on Just Between Us Girls. And I know I'm cursing myself. Wood, 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 wood. Knocking on it. I don't. Ha- I have almost no notes for. Look at these are the fewest notes I've ever had for an episode ever in my life. I have almost nothing to say about it. So I actually I- have some notes. I actually do have some notes. So get this. So um, the other day, you know, people. I would say about. A, I get about two or three Instagram ads a week. Okay. Okay. From listeners. I actually get like ten ads a week, but seven of them are like a big titty woman who's like, "Oh, you want to fuck?" I'm like. And then I Lori, look, I'll see you next week on the Yeah, TV. Lori. <laughs> no, I'm, but I always look and they never follow drag. I always go to look to see if they follow other drag people. Okay? Yeah. When I get when I get requests for friends, I always look to see it. A lot of times now they follow you and Drag Race Recap and all that. You know, yeah. the, the, the the usual cast of characters. So I get this one the other day, and it is and it's not just that he's a twink, okay? But that helps. No, nothing to do with – I have no comment on him. What I'm saying, though, is I'm going through his Instagram profile, and he is legit Richie Cunningham come to life, okay? Okay. He is like this twink. The, the, the latest picture, I think – I don't follow him – is him, like, caressing and holding a cat, like, in a loving way. Uh-huh. He cleans cat shelters on his spare time for a local, like a no-kill shelter or something, right? Oh, very nice. Yeah, and then he's like, there's a ton of pictures of him with like these people, and he's like, they're his parents, and he's like, I love my parents so much, and they go places, and I'm like, he is like every parent's dream gay boy, right? Uh-huh. Like what, when I went, the reason I say that is like, parents who are cool with it, they're like, I'll never lose my son. I will always have my little baby son, right? I won't lose him to some uh-huh. fucking smelly bitch. You know, and um, and I'm like, like I I feel like he every night kneels by his bed and like his like matching pajama set, and mm-hmm. goes like, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul take me. You know, like and like with a beam of moonlight coming yes, in through the, yes. the windows. Yeah, and you see the stardust. You know, uh-huh. and a cat. One solitary tear goes down his cat's eye. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely a Miyazaki movie come to life, right? <laughs> And um, I go, this must be a mistake. So I actually message him. Uh-huh. And I go, I think you followed me by accident. Because you're too nice and sweet and wholesome to follow me. And he Was goes, his response, I want you to shit in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> no, his response is like, ha, 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 I love the show. Right? <laughs> and then I, that was the end of the conversation for the most part. Okay. Um and I was, but it was just like, but I'm like, maybe he's one of these people. Maybe you're right. Maybe he's like, probably one of the most famous afterthoughts in the community. Uh-huh. He started out like that, you know, uh-huh. 
Now he's saying that he he's going to line up and anyone who wants to eat his ass out at Betacon can do so. Our, our convention. Well, how is that going to work? Is it where you're going to have him on a table like when they have the naked women with sushi on their bodies, but he's just going to be ass up? No, you know when they give you your swag bag, <laughs> you have to yeah. reach into his hole and take it out. Oh, excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, Taylor, let's get into this. Okay. This week, the girls dig through unopened boxes to find... Oh, my God. What a convenient thing. You know? (laughs) The girls dig through unopened boxes to find unconventional materials to use to create their outfits. George's snatches a win, while Jasmine Kennedy and Maddie Morphosis are placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Jasmine Kennedy lives to see another day, while Maddie Morphosis is asked... Two sachet away. Taylor the Latte Boy, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you uh, did not. So two things I liked about the episode is I always like the unconventional sewing challenges. I mm-hmm. think that it really kind of helps to separate the creative from the hangers on. Mm-hmm. And I thought there were some there were some really good looks. Mm-hmm. Um another thing that I definitely liked was this Taraji P. Henson, great mm-hmm. judge. Great judge, clearly a fan of the show, clearly enjoyed being a part of this and had constructive criticism to say the stuff that she talked about in Untucked was really good. It just felt very heartfelt. So I, I like, I feel like she's been a judge before early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was glad to see her. I was glad to see her, uh, there. The thing I did not like, I am going to say that, and this is similar to what you did not like. I was, I was the guest, uh, second chair on UK versus the world mm-hmm. this week. Oh, that, and that you, award-winning episode. Yes, that award-winning episode. And you talked about the, goopery and production shenanigans of the winners Mm -hmm. and the losers and that was very apparent this week as well Mm -hmm. that was storyline driven for multiple people versus uh, versus who should have won what about you first of all um they're so nice they're not good. They're not bad. They're just nice. That's all I'm going to say. But they're also nice. Okay? Yeah. And Cornbread is nice, too. But there was something about her that brought it all together. You know? There was an and edge to her. There was just something. It just... She gave she gave it the edge that this cast needed. And now mm-hmm. it's just an amorphous blob of nice. Okay. A metamorphosis blob of nice? Yes, exactly. Because she doesn't even look fully formed either. But anyway, <laughs> um, like you, Taraji P. Henson was a highlight for me. Uh, I don't know if we're going to really go over on Tuck today, but um, that speech she gave the girls, because they were telling her, like, we're in the, t- the two people who were in the bottom, Jasmine and, and Maddie, were like, we're in the bottom. And she's like, she gave this amazing speech about, you know, being told no and being feeling rejected and whatnot. And, and, and it was just a great speech, especially since, you know, I think we will talk a little bit about Untucked, but it's something that I could totally relate to today 
and what I'm kind of going through. And so I, I was, it really resonated with me. Um, and okay. so, yeah, that's just a bright spot. Um, the thing I did not like, I think it's tangentially related to what you said. It's not necessarily the manipulation of the outcome of the episode. As much as the lies, it's just the lies that they, I got, everyone should know I'm very angry about this. I don't ever watch Untucked. But they did that thing during the main stage where they showed this thing with dramatic music. I go, oh my god, this is going to be a, I said what I said, uh-huh. uh, you don't have star quality moment. And yeah. so I, I actually watched fucking Untucked, even though I had to write the script while watching Untucked. What a big fucking nothing burger that was. And I was like, oh, I should have known that they're just liars. And they lie. Yeah. I thought that was smart, and I wrote that in my notes. That is a very smart thing to do to get people to watch Untucked, but it did feel – and even then, you wrote me halfway through the through – the, I don't even know if you would call it a fight. They both seemed to be fighting with themselves. It was it was very weird. I think you but, and I fought more during Just Between Us Girls. <laughs> uh and it just – where you said, you goes, well, this is a whole lot of nothing. And I was just like, just wait, because I was thinking it was going to get to that point, and then it really never did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just the lies and the gooper. Even even in this episode, like they were like, oh, that RuPaul's going to read Diabetti for filth when they come back from the break. Nothing happened. It was all lies. Well, it's, that's just one of these now that it's almost like – I don't even look at that as that's what's going to happen. I almost look at that as we're peering into the multiverse and it's just an alternate reality in which that would have happened, but it's not happening on our, on our plane of reality. Yeah. It's happening in somebody's reality. Uh, All right. After Orion's elimination, George just gives up reading the mirror message and doubts her own abilities in the competition. Bosco surfs the momentum from her win, and Carrie notices that tension is rising in the workroom. The next day, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's maxi challenge. The girls will use unconventional materials to put together a challenge. Uh, They dig through fake Glamazon Prime materials to collect materials for their outfit. That's a horrible writing job. I wrote this script today. Willow struggles to open her boxes and no one comes forward to help her. Meanwhile, Diabetti tells Willow Pill that Willow needs to find a new approach to her baby outfit. Taylor the Latte Boy. All things uh, after the elimination. All things the next day. Uh, what, what do you got for us, Taylor? Well, I thought when Georges walked in, my, the, what I wrote was she looks mad. Mm-hmm. Like, usually you see the girls looking kind of relieved and or sad. Yeah. She looked pissed off mm-hmm. when she walked in. Right? I thought that's something that we don't normally see. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I when she says, I don't want to lip sync again, I thought that's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I initially thought, I'm like, oh, well, then she, there's a good chance that she's going to go home. So mm-hmm. I was very surprised by that. Um, the whole diabetic, I'm tired of being safe. I want... I want critiques. I want all of that kind of stuff. Um, it, talk about biting her in the ass later on, but it's just, it's, we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. We saw this with Denali last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't necessarily work out really great for Denali. And I feel like it's not going to work out great for Diabetti too. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny that we got a, um, a Dragula shout out, which she was referred to as bitter Betty. Oh, yeah. So, um, and I'll, I'll stop there for, 
right now. What what do you think about that section of the of the show? I really don't have much. I just said, you know, the edit I wrote here, the editors are really trying to play everything up now for anything remotely interesting now that cornbread is gone. They're trying to bring little tiny things that probably they would ignore in the past is just like they're, I, I actually feel sorry for them. I'm not even blaming them. I, I, they must be looking at this footage and going like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? How do I make this into compelling, uh, television? Yeah. It must be very, very difficult. Um, yeah. Now, what about the next day? Uh, RuPaul comes in, she makes the announcement. There's a weird thing where they were almost playing it for real. Like, cause there's later they go like, I can't believe Michelle really orders all this stuff. And I'm like, I know it's like with a wink. You know, tongue in cheek yeah. kind of thing, but it's still like, all right, we get it. It's not that funny. Yeah. Well, and that, that's one of those that I feel like Rue scopes out who's going to be in the top and who's going to be in the bottom by how much they're willing to do the bad acting Ugh. of whether they laugh super hard at a joke or they all look super concerned or mm-hmm. even, even the whole idea of, you know, where's cornbread? Where's cornbread? Where yeah. the mean? While they all take a they all take a bus together over yeah. <laughs> to the to the to the record to the studio and it, it just that to me was th- this weekend was particularly egregious I mm-hmm. thought um, I want to know who the two new pit crew guys are okay the I didn't get a really good look at them the one guy in particular super hot which guy there's Bryce then there's Bruno who else is there there's Bryce Bruno there was two other ones and it was the the second one in. Uh-huh. Super hot. And the, and the first one, like he had like tattoos on his leg or something. He was kind of sexy too. But the second one, I was like, Would you yes. ever get a tattoo, Taylor? No. Uh, yes, I would. But at this point, I've gone my entire life without getting one. So it kind of feels like. What would you get? Like Calvin Peen or something? <laughs> um, my thought had been at one point. I when I wanted to travel more, which I don't necessarily want to travel, or it's probably not in my cards that I'm going to be traveling as much. I wanted to travel to each of the places where I'm. I am Italian, English, German, and Greek. So I wanted to go to Italy, Germany, Greece, and um, England. And after I got each one, I was going to get a band on my lower leg that was going to be split into four. And then the flags for each of those countries around around the band, which I guess I still could could still do. But my thought had been I would get it after I went to the country. How about you? I felt sorry for Willow because (laughs) (laughs) you're such a jerk. No one was helping poor Willow like her. She and I was like, ah, you know, opening their boxes. And poor Will, Cornbread wasn't there to help. I mean, Cornbread's feeling, uh, Will is feeling Cornbread gone more than anybody. Like, those, yeah. But I'm surprised, you know, she has an actual affliction. I think we'd all be okay if the producers came in or gave her a fucking, like, box cutter to open the goddamn box. That's compassionate. When have the producers of RuPaul's Drag Race ever shown compassion to a girl that is struggling on the show? I know, but it's so, I mean, the person has an affliction. I mean, it's just it's so mean. Asshole. Well, and I I'm guess to you, by the way, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, that's not the first time I've heard that today from somebody. Um, so was it where it was supposed to be whatever boxes you grabbed? Those were your boxes because I didn't understand the whole thing of where Jasmine grabbed like a quarter of the boxes, uh-huh. 
So, and then, but then it seemed like they were opening the boxes and then they were, then they were like trading and stuff. Or they were like, you know, I'm not using this out of my pile. Do you want it? Is it like sort of like you just wanted to be like at first dibs on things? I don't think the rules were particularly clear because it seemed like Jasmine was the only one hoarding boxes and pulling them aside and saying these are mine. Where it seemed like the other ones were ripping the boxes open and digging through them and throwing, picking, choosing what they wanted out of them, which I think is actually a smarter move. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know why they didn't make a bigger deal about how kind of fucking douchey it was for Jasmine to do this. And I'm not, I, and Taylor, please don't be offended, uh, when I say this, but that's so fucking, it's just like, I, I literally did mutter to my fucking white people. That is so white people to be like, I'm going to take these boxes all over here by myself, and they're mine. This is mine. Okay, Native Americans? And I go, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Don't know. It was, it was a gross, it was a gross thing, especially because she was grabbing so many of them and seemed yeah. to be grabbing some out from undergirls while they were grabbing boxes and stuff. It just, but that speaks to that we're very young and we don't necessarily, we are not very aware of how we are perceived by others. Mm-hmm. Jasmine loves the material she hoarded. Meanwhile, oh, this is in the workroom, back in the workroom, Jasmine loves the material she hoarded. Meanwhile, Maddie shares that she's feeling the pa- the pressure since she was in the bottom on the last sewing challenge. Uh, on the table visits, RuPaul brings along Carson for the table visits. God, who wrote this fucking script? I did. Uh, <laughs> George's pledge is not to let her top down. Carrie needs to reclaim her energy. Maddie confuses Carson with her outfit. Lady Camden gets the note to plump up her lip. Jasmine gets the note to tone down her outfit. Willow worries about time constraints. And finally, Dia fights back against the notion that she is a clone of former contestant Crystal Method. Taylor, the latte boy, please, on all things workroom one, on all things table visits, give me your thoughts, give me your concerns, give me your critiques. I appreciate that Rue brought Carson in because it felt like Carson gave really constructive criticism to the girls with their with their stuff. And it wasn't just making jokes. Um, So I would love to see that. I would love to see Carson more in that aspect Mm -hmm. of these challenges versus the directing things and then making the dirty joke on the judges panel. Um, Welcome to the main. Sorry. At one point when Carrie was talking about the need to be perfect and being bullied, and Rue suddenly says, do you still carry the hurt? I mean, you basically hurt the wood, hit the hit the, the table. It was the f- first Rue boner of the year, I think. Mm-hmm. It just was, that, that was just a gross thing. So, and my other thought about at least this act, because I feel like they split it up over two over two acts, yeah. was I feel like some of the activities and things that they have done this season have been to purposely fuck with Maddie. Mm-hmm. I think that last week's challenge with the balloons, okay, part of the reason they did that was so that Maddie had to look like he was fucking a guy from the back. Mm-hmm. So, and then you've got this week. Of where it's where Rue looks right at Maddie and says, "So is your pussy on fire or not?" And you could kind of see like you saw this like panic of I don't know what to say. The tricky thing with Maddie, and I think Maddie always looks like that. I think Maddie just always looks surprised on her face. That's just her look. 
Um, it, it, I go back and forth because there's a part of me that's like, that's wildly inappropriate, you know, what to say to him, right? Especially since he's in a position of power. Uh-huh. But the other thing, she's a fucking straight guy who does drag. Like, fucking get you, I'm sure you've heard a lot worse. So, but not on a not on a national platform of where you know it's one thing if he's sitting in the back with the other girls and they're all talking like that. That's one thing, but it's another thing to have to go on national television and say, mm-hmm. as a straight cis man, and go, "My pussy's on fire." Yes, yeah. my pussy's on fire. I I just it was a little, it was a little weird. That's all. I I have one more thought about that first act. Or that, that act. And that was, I found it interesting that Rue and Carson, they showed them talking about Angeria's, uh, curtain mm-hmm. and saying something like, I really hope she takes the lining out of that. It'll make it much easier to work with. Mm-hmm. You've talked about how small that room is. Yeah. Do you think that was a hint? That was the way of giving her a hint without giving her a hint. I don't know where she was. I mean, the room's not tiny, but it's just a lot smaller than you think it is on the show. And I'm wondering if the way they said it and where she was, she could have theoretically not heard it. Well, yeah, they're not going to, they're going to, hey, RuPaul, yes, Carson, they're not going to do that. But they figured at the very least that there's a chance as she was walking away, they she could hear it and... Yeah. If it looked like they were whispering it to each other, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That just was we have. I don't know that we've ever seen that after a queen walks away, even well, when there, you know, there hasn't necessarily always been a like. You know, I know that like Jinx has been in the workroom and Raven's been in the workroom and Vanjie has for like various challenges to give advice, mm-hmm. but we've never seen after a queen walks away that Rue and the the guest conferring with each other. Well, it's very unusual for her to have quote unquote appear. You know, Jinx and Vanjie and whomever, they're like, they're not going to be on the judges panel later. But Carson's opinion in theory is important. You know, what's funny is, and when they went to the workroom, is when they actually referred to Maddie for the first time in this episode, I was like, oh, that's right. She's here. Like, she's been so, such a terrible television presence. That uh-huh. I forgot, have forgotten for the course of the episode that she was on the show. Uh, during the table visit, I actually agree with you. I think Carson is a great, they should have Carson on the look challenges do that more. He does a very good Tim Gunn, you know? Yes. And so he should do that more on the look challenges. Also, I think Matt, more going with what you were saying is RuPaul works well bouncing ideas off a peer, so to speak, in the workroom. Uh-huh. Um, I will say. How about RuPaul calling out Lady Camden on her thin lips? <laughs> and then maybe look at Lady Camden. Oh, she has no lips. <laughs> she really didn't. But you know what? Lady Camden is smart in that she said, when Ru tells you to do something, you don't ask yes. why or you don't question it. You just do it. Would, and Yeah. Let's go to the next person then. Let's talk about Diabetti getting red for looking a lot like Crystal Method. And I want to know what your thoughts are on that. I thought, okay, well, first of all, I thought it was actually kind of smart to, I, I thought it was smart on Daya's part to just ask point blank. You're guaranteed, you're guaranteed to know if you don't ask mm-hmm. because it would have either made for good television, um, or she would have got information. I don't know that she was expecting what she heard, but mm-hmm. it also looked like it, it might have just been the angle of the camera that she was more asking the question to Carson 
than to Rue in mm-hmm. case it was something where Rue said, you don't ask, you know, you don't get to ask questions like that or something. Mm-hmm. It was where she was presenting it to Carson instead. So I thought it was smart when she kept saying, though, I don't look like Crystal. I just wrote, what? Like, no, you you do look like Crystal. I think they, they somebody... showed multiple pictures of you up against stuff that Crystal even looked like she was wearing. Yeah. And that that um, confessional interview that was her trying to convince herself that she doesn't look like she doesn't do like crystals makeup and well and look we can talk about this when we get to the looks but how do you say i don't look like crystal method and i wrote to a friend who would be an expert in the field is crystal method walking the runway (laughs) because that was head to toe a crystal method everything Yep. And look, here's the deal. I would be willing to concede, you know, things that happen in the order on the show aren't necessarily reality. I'll go back. For instance, um, what's the name of that girl from like season 12 or 13 and the cheetah, but the they, they brought her back for all stars, even though she probably wasn't even ready for all stars. What's her name? Ugh, I can't remember her name. The one with the eyes, the she I have that, no idea who you're talking about. She has that famous like video where she does. Where oh, she does. Uh, 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 Mayhem Miller. Mayhem Miller. Mayhem Miller. <laughs> the one with the eyes. <laughs> yeah. Mayhem Miller coined the term party, uh-huh. right? But Adore Delano came on first, right? And so that's her phrase now, you know. And it's the same thing here, where maybe Betty and. And uh, Crystal developed a look together, or they got it from somebody else. But now it belongs to Crystal Method. And unfortunately, you have to go like, fuck. You know? I got to come up with a new way to paint my face. Because that's going to always happen, regardless of whether it's the truth or not, or you invented it. You know? Because the reality is Crystal came on the show first. And so how do know how she gets the note and then goes on there and literally does a look that she created, by the way. She didn't bring it with her. Right. Right. And she created a look that is 100% in the wheelhouse of Crystal Method. I, I would, to be honest with you, I was surprised she wasn't in the bottom. I think the gift that they gave her was safe. And I agree that the look was impeccable. That's why that's the mm-hmm. gift. It was impeccable. Bravo. But, baby, that is Crystal Method. Yeah. Thank you. What do you have to say about that? I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. You know, the whole – even the concept of it, and you would think after something like that – because she even says at one point, she goes, I'm going to distress the dress. It's still going to be bright, but I'm going to do something to diabetes it up. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't see any sort of distressing on the dress. It just looked like a baby doll dress, and she had the the, the makeup, the, the 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 house of method makeup. Yeah, everything. So even the aesthetic of the eyes and the puppet and every, it was it was it was clown. Crystal, it was yeah. clown drag. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It was it was very strange. Taylor, we gotta take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the rest of the episode. I don't know if we have any more thoughts on the table visits. And we will come back and we'll take care of all that stuff then. Yeah, it's late. I'm not, <laughs> I don't do that late. 
you know? I thought I'd go, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, did you have anything else to say about the table visits or what's your story? No, I thought George's starting over was, well, obviously it was a good idea. Um, We're not there yet. And Yeah, yes, we are. That's or ta- wasn't that's that not, part? That, that's not table visits. I thought they interviewed her with the table visit. They not? They did, but that when she comes up with a new outfit, that's after the table visits. Get with the program, Taylor. Okay. Well, well okay, let me, so, let me so, let's do this. Let me read the next part, and if we have to go back, we go back. Okay, well, I have one more thing I wanted to ask okay. you about that kind of goes back, and that was with Willow with the stress dreams. Yeah. Have Do you ever have stress dreams? It's so funny you fucking say that. I had it last night, mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk about it later um, with – want to talk about uh diabetes and the untucked and stuff okay but you know i'm supposed to i don't know what time i said i wouldn't look until after the show i'm supposed to find the results of the midterm spot my spotify midterm you know oh okay today and i've known it's supposed oh. to be today we haven't gotten anything yet i don't i don't know if we have yet i don't want to look during the show but and they're going to name two winners and they get a cash prize right oh now, the thing is, the afterthoughts have let me know that mine's is the worst and that this other guy had the best one and whatever, right? So I'm not expecting okay. to win because even my own fucking people were like, you're horrible, okay? <laughs> but, but you wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't have it any other way. But what I was, as I told Aiden today and, and whatnot, is I so I don't, not that I don't care. This is the way I phrased it. If by some miracle I don't, someone else dies or something... I win, then mm-hmm. I'll be very excited. But as if, as expected, I don't win. Okay, it'll sting because not winning always stings. But in a way, that'll right. be all over. I'll be over in, I think, ten minutes. Right, mm-hmm. but an hour tops. Okay, but I don't want to ruin the show. Okay, and um, but last night, so I don't really care that much. But last night, I was tossing and turning. I kept having nightmares about me finding out the results. Okay, so that's weird. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe in your brain, you want it a little bit more than you're willing to admit. No, I would be ecstatic. Uh-huh. I think what really hurts me more is that my own people, my own Discord people, were were telling me how much I suck. Were they telling you that you sucked, or were they telling you that the other guy's show was better than yours? The other guy's show was better than mine. So, in fact, they weren't telling you that you suck. Well, if you they don't were win, just... if you don't win, then you're su- then you suck, Taylor. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for that peek into your psyche. My own people... second second place is just the first loser. My Taylor, my own people though. If my own people. Are doing this like who needs enemies when you have uh, family like this? What are they, I see you glance at the Discord? What are they saying? Um, they're they're just they're they're saying lovely things. Uh oh, see exactly they're wonderful things. Exactly, exactly. This is why I don't look at the Discord, guys. If you want to say horrible things to me to my face, go to uh, Patreon.com. Slash Afterthought Media. Back in the workroom, Willow continues to struggle with her hands. Carrie teaches Nigeria about the step and repeat. George just realizes she needs to start her outfit over from scratch. Uh, by the way, it's elimination day and the girls get ready for the runway. Bosco remains unimpressed with Deja's outfit. George and Nigeria go head to head about their padding. Carrie shares her rough story about her home life. Jasmine discusses her own difficult relationship with her own father. And meanwhile, Maddie has no relationship 
with his mother. Taylor, anything more about Georgia starting this new dress from scratch, the workroom, the elimination day, Carrie, Maddie, Jasmine? Go, give us everything. I loved the reading each other. The reading each other felt very genuine mm-hmm. and felt very fun. And honestly, this is the way you this is the way you read somebody. You don't you don't do the 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 library is open reading challenges. Mm-hmm. So that that was a fun couple of minutes to watch. The stuff about Carrie was horrible. The stuff about the way her father talked to her and everything was just mm-hmm. I I can't imagine for her to have gone through an experience like that. Yeah. And particularly and then come out of it Mm-hmm. so poised and so put together almost, you know, as they're saying, kind of almost to a fault mm-hmm. speaks to how, you know, hopefully she has gotten, you know, help, emotional help for that over the years, whether that's through her drag family, whether that's through that's professional help. Mm-hmm. I, she was, she was very, the fact that she can talk about it and talk about it so openly, I thought was really kind of impressive. So, and just incredibly sad, incredibly sad. And then as, you know, Jasmine and Maddie were talking about theirs as well, that was sad too. But the one with Carrie kind of stuck with me. What's interesting is I believe, I have to go back and listen. I believe this is a part two or a, a take two on Carrie's story. I believe this is a story she was starting to get into when she triggered cornbread. And then the moment became okay. about cornbread. Because she, ta- she was telling... She was starting to get into a story about how difficult her home life was when she came out as trans, but then it, it, it it's okay, rightfully so. It wasn't like Cornbread was stealing the moment. It triggered Cornbread, and um, I think so I think they had her basically do a, a retake on that story um, because we hadn't gotten it the first time, really. Um, we just yeah. had a glimpse of it. Um, any other thoughts on... Uh, you know, this show is just... There's not many notes on this show. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm, my notes are officially done. I don't know. The, the joke that, or not the joke, but Lady Camden saying that she came out to her father on her way to ballet boarding school was very was very acute moment. It was a nice way to kind of lighten things up after yeah. what was a very serious. Yeah, was a very serious moment. Yeah, not Lady Camden coming for the Miss Congeniality gig. <laughs> I think she has a shot. I think she has a shot too. She has a shot. Um, all right, Taylor. Any other thoughts? Have all your thoughts up to the looks been covered? Yes. All right. Well, now it's time for the looks. As you guys may remember, if you guys listened to Drag Race UK, uh, not, yeah, versus the World episode two, Taylor and Christian Ochoa were a big, uh, unmanageable ball of charisma uh, during that. <laughs> And so, good thing we have just Taylor. I don't know if we could handle that much energy. Well, I don't use words like ruching. I, I don't even know what that I is. I don't know. It's pretty. Christian oh. is talking. Most of the time that Christian talks to me, A, he's insulting me. And B, I don't listen. Because he's usually <laughs> insulting me. It's usually some sort of insult, you know, crouched inside of a compliment. Okay. So, I just ignore uh, by the way, Christian and Robert Mata, Christian Ochoa and Robert Mata, they are the hosts over at Bring It to the Runway. Uh, go ahead and subscribe over there. You, you know, to be honest with you, you like them. Even if you're on Patreon, subscribe to them because they're covering UK versus the world, but we're not putting that out on Patreon. We have way too much content. So they, so 
And it's available everywhere. It's, uh, Bring It to the Runway is available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, everywhere. It's available everywhere, Taylor. So go ahead and check that out now. Go ahead. So, Taylor, give us your favorite looks, least favorite looks. Come on. Um, I loved Lady Camden's look. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved uh, Bosco's look, actually. Mm-hmm. I was surprised Bosco wasn't in the top. I love the color blocking mm-hmm. of it. Um, those two colors in particular, that bright, almost like a neon blue with the bright orange. Yeah. Um, and just everything about that was polished. And, and Lady Camden's look was just incredible with the butterfly and, and really well put together for something that was basically plastic. Yeah. Um, and let me look through the rest of them. Uh, I, I think that I liked Angeria's. I, Angeria's at first, I didn't like it. And then as I looked at it more, I thought, oh, wow, that is really incredible. Yeah. That is, that is, that is an incredible look. And because it gave that 80s aesthetic that I liked. Yeah. I love. So even though they said that she modernized it, I, I was seeing something that would have been on an episode of Dynasty. I sure have never seen. Uh, any other thoughts on the looks? Um, well, I could say that I did not like, but ones that I did not like were mm-hmm. Maddie's was horrible. Um, I didn't like, I didn't like Jasmine's. Jasmine's was horrible. So those two, I believe. Oh, you thought Jasmine was horrible? I, I thought there was too much, but that was actually ultimately pretty. Uh, it was, it just, it looked messy to me. Um, and, I didn't like Carrie's look either. I didn't like the way it was in the back. I, I didn't like the the weird like macrame thing that was off to the side. It just kind of looked like this weird bulky thing, and it, it just it didn't look the symmetry of it didn't necessarily work for me. But those were my those were my three least favorite, and my top three were Bosco, um, Crystal, and I forget who I said. Oh, Angeria. All right. Have you have you said all your thoughts on look, Taylor? Uh, Rue's outfit was horrible. Oh, Rue's outfit was horrible. Rue's outfit was horrible, and I don't understand why she does that. Where she she puts the skin tone between, and it's always a completely different color than her actual skin tone. There's got to be something they can do about that. Yeah. Any Thank other you. thoughts? Have all looks been shared? All thoughts on the looks been shared? All thoughts on the look done been shared? All right. Uh, back on the main stage, Georges gets the win for the challenge while Maddie Morphosis and Jasmine Kennedy are placed in the bottom two, forcing them to duke it out in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song, Sugar Mama by Beyonce. In the end, Jasmine Kennedy hears the words, Shantae, you stay, while Maddie Morphosis is asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on this episode? Let's talk about the lip sync. We will get to Untucked. I have it right here in my notes. We will talk okay. about Untucked after this, but any final thoughts on the main episode? Georgia should have not won that. I don't, I can't believe that she won that. Why do you hate Mexicans? <laughs> I think, I think an Anglo like Lady Camden should have won it. Mm-hmm. So I, that, dr- that dress was, uh, there was construction to that dress. There was a story to that outfit, the, the butterfly outfit that she took their notes. She did everything that was supposed to be, but I think that they are, they realize that there is this small pool of girls. There is, there is Daya. There is Camden. 
Lady mm-hmm. Camden, and yeah. they want a win so bad mm-hmm. that they're going to drag that out. Yeah. And they also realize, particularly with Diabetti, mm-hmm. she wa- she really, really wanted the win. I mean, she kind of made the Jan face of when she heard that you're safe. Mm-hmm. And the idea that, I mean, was we kind of saw in the next week, you know, next week on, mm-hmm. she has a problem with Georges winning. And Georges, it, we've seen that before. We haven't never necessarily seen what... Uh, Lady Camden came up with, but I think that that was completely, that was completely storyline driven. That that wasn't that wasn't an outfit that won on merit. It was a cute outfit, mm-hmm. but it was it was not one on merit. So that that's what I have to say about the win. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, because I feel like the wins don't mean anything anymore. Not in this stage. Okay. Not, not in this stage of the competition. Look, we've talked about this before. I feel nothing matters until s- post-snatch game. Up until snatch game and after, then it matters. But up until you get to snatch game, it just, it's like fucking like the, the semi, like, I don't know what you call it, like, like the, not even the semifinals, but like where it's just you're practicing to go to the finals kind of thing. I don't know what, I don't know sports. That's just a regular season. Yeah. Season. I'm just, I'm just going to repeat words. Um, what did you think of the lip sync? I thought it was another massacre. I, I thought that I will say that Jasmine killed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had said before that the, when they when they showed the clip of Untucked, because I was actually thinking, like, I'm not going to watch Untucked. I got to take the dogs out. I got to, you know, we have to get the, the air mattress set up for my nephew and all this kind of stuff. And then they showed that clip and Babalu and I looked at each other and went, well, I guess we're watching Untucked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we kind of saw how that went. But um, I thought that it was clear from the get-go that she was going to win. And it was a massacre. It was a massacre. And to the best of my knowledge, she didn't do a death drop in it. She got down on the ground and stuff. But it, mm-hmm. there was never the actual, like, where she slams down and does all that kind of stuff. So in that regards, I like that because I'm tired of death drops. Um, but I thought that we had another week similar to the week that we had last week with uh, Georges. Very interesting. Untucked. What were your thoughts on Untucked? Untucked was uh, the only thing to really talk about other than we, cause we already talked about the Taraji B. Henson stuff, but is, is the fight. And I say that in quotes between Maddie and Jasmine. Mm-hmm. I think that that was, that started off as a Maddie kind of psyching himself up, psyching herself up. And Jasmine taking it personally and then immediately going into that, you know, attack thing. But, but it was at some point they were both just kind of like, it felt like they, neither one of them was talking at each other. They were just kind of talking out loud and facing one another. It, it was, it was a, it was just, it was a weird, I don't know if it was a choice with the edit. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but. You know, you were kind of hopeful, like, oh, finally, something good's going to happen on Untucked. And it was sort of like, wah, wah, wah. It almost felt that they both realized they needed to perform because it started off with a misunderstanding that Jeff yes. seemed to understand that it got cleared up right away. Like, it was like a weird, like, like a bad roller coaster. Like, it was, you know, building, 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 building. We hit the peak, fake out because I actually get it. And then, 
boom, went to like 60 from zero to 60 in like a second for no reason. It seemed almost kind of like, oh, wait, this could be our moment. Well, and I mean, it felt like Maddie was saying the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Almost like she must listen to the show. (laughs) Almost like he was trying to get the best edit. He was trying to give the multiple edits, multiple takes to use. Mm -hmm. But in saying that Jasmine was taking, because ultimately I think in my head, Mm -hmm. what Maddie was saying is I am my own competition here. Cause, cause, cause he, she even said at one point, you know, I'm not, I don't want to slay you. I want to slay the lip sync. Yes. A hundred percent. I think, I think it was cleared up, but then it went to, yeah, go ahead. Then it just went to this weird place of where they were both screaming at each other. And, and yeah, it, was, it, really it, it, it was just, it was not what I was hoping for. When you, when you consider you had last year the infamous, um, uh, star quality and, uh, uh, Tamisha and what the hell is her name? Candy Muse fight, you know. Untuck kind of needs at least one of those a season, and we thought we were going to get that with this one, and it was just sort of wah, wah, wah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, I will say it's making it difficult to recap this show. I mean, like, there are things in Untuck I want to talk about. I mean, but who, who would care? Who would care that I related to Diabetti at the beginning? Who cares about that, right? Who cares about how I related to Raji P. Henson and what she was saying about how you have to keep going, even mm-hmm. though, you know, you're told no. Who cares? No one cares about that, Taylor. But no, but I think that that's why I, th- I don't agree with that. I, I think that you are another voice and I am another voice at times of where people can relate to us with things like that. And so when we're, when people hear Taraji P. Henson saying something and then you're saying, this is how I took it. I think that's what makes that's what makes you such a great host, but this show in particular is it makes it a little bit more Look, real people talking about it. Thank you for saying I'm a great host. The people in my own network don't agree. They would rather have the other guy who I contractually cannot say his name. I might as well get him to come. He's straight. That's the best part. Is Maddie Morphosis going to be the next host? Yeah, Maddie Morphosis is going to be the next year? co-host of the show. Um, And... The only other thing that I can think of, I thought of something else and it just, it went away. I don't know. Oh, I know what it was. So this was the first time, even though it's very early in the season, that I thought there's a chance that chocolate bar could be gold. Oh, because of Maddie being straight. Yeah, Because you know of Maddie what? being straight and the fight. But she was such boring TV that they were like, it's not going to be gold. No, I know. She got she got interest, interesting in rabbit ears in the last couple of. It's gonna be Willow Carey or ooh, who else? Gonna be Willow Carey, Angeria. Or, oh, Angeria. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be one of the three of them. Yeah, I I agree them. with you on that one. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Taylor? No, I think uh, that's good. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss how we conduct each brand new episode of. RuPaul's Drag Race Season 14. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week.
Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. For more drag race and LGBTQ content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Taylor has another podcast. It's called Pod is My Co-Pilot, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen and Zach Birch. Very special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Agnesia Chopinska. April Pacheco. Astute Girl. Brad Coley. Coco San Pedro. Declan Prosser. Drew Brooks. E. Smith. Emma. Humble Pie. J. Thomas Plank. Jesse Harris. Lauren Eckert. Lionel Campbell. Lucy Carrasco. Luke Stamen. Nicholas Springham. Poppy Woods. Ricardo Herrera. Sarah Yu. Tom Bombs. Travis Newlin. Troy Anderson. Zach Nelson. Corinna Williamson. Elizabeth Timmer. Nikki Baker. Robert NYC. David Olson. And Alexandra Sixth. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.